Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Midlife CEO Podcast. This episode is going to be uh, a blast, I think, from start to finish. I am excited for many reasons because my special guest, we play in multiple playgrounds. I don't know. It seems like every single day we get to play in different playgrounds. And our relationship started because of the connection, which is one of the things that I love about this business. So I'm going to introduce and welcome Sage Polaris to the show today. Sage, it's so great to have you here. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Any time with Jeannie is a good time. Oh, I feel exactly the same. All right. So I know all of the things that you do, and I would love for everyone to know you. So I'm going to introduce you and then you're going to tell them a little bit more, but you're a conscious launch strategist for the internet rich and famous and the biz womb mentor. Now that is a handful, <laughs> a lot of awesome. Things. And I know, um, because you're so magical with words, uh, there's so much to this. So please tell everyone more about you, who you are and how you came up with all of this too. So tell us about that. Yeah, go figure the writer being super verbose and (laughs) (laughs) yes, I know not everyone lives on the same marketing planet as me. So when they hear those words, they're like, you said what now? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so for people who do live on the same marketing planet as me, they're like, oh my goodness, I totally need that. But to simplify what I do, I help people write the words on their website to sell more of their service or product. So that is just the the more simple version of it and the way that I position you know the my title and and the way I have people introduce me is really specific for people who are in the online education world selling courses they often know exactly what that means and also service providers I have a lot of copywriters in my community because I also started when I started my business was billing myself as a copywriter. So that's, and that was, I'm nine years into the biz. And so I'm kind of like, so grateful to have a business that long. I feel like anyone who makes it beyond five years, you're already breaking records in terms of, I I know the U S department of labor says most business, 50% of businesses don't make it past five years. So I'm just grateful to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love that. And I'm grateful that you're here too, for so many reasons. Uh, we have to thank Tarzan K for originally connecting us. And Tarzan and I had met through a group. And then the spark was connected initially because you were partnering and doing an event at the time. And, yeah. and it led to so many different things. Um, we've only met in person once, I think, uh, at the event, which is Yeah, it was so special. Totally. And yes, Tarzan has a golden network of people around her. Anyone that I meet through her and you just like so special. Right. And it was funny because when she told me, she's like, I think I met our, our event coach, like someone who's going to help us be able to sell from the stage. Her name's Jeannie. And she's like, just trust me on this. And I was like, 
okay, carte blanche, let's do it. And so we hired Eugenie and it was so magical that not only were we able to have you as our coach leading up to the event, but then you actually were willing to come out to Niagara Falls. And I just remember like being giddy like a schoolgirl. You were like, yes, I will come. And you brought Bryna Haynes with you. And I was just like, what is this my life? I was so grateful to be able to have that moment, particularly because no, none of us knew at that time COVID was coming. So it was like, it was so good. And having you in our corner, you know, actually at the event, that was really, really special. And I know you do that for select clients. And so that just, I knew how special it was. And I was just so grateful to have you there. And that whole event, I mean, we had a hundred people there. It was wild because as a copywriter, and I'll speak to my fellow copywriters who might listen to this, you know, we're so used to being behind the this curtain of success for our clients. We like to uplift them. However, they are the ones who take the stage mostly. And that was a tipping point in my own career where I was like, okay, I'm going to step out, not just on other people's stages, because I had definitely been speaking at other people's masterminds and doing stuff like that. But this was the time for me to step out. And I was so grateful to have you and to feel that confidence of knowing like, okay, this is, we're going to be able to do this. And we had a hundred people show up and it was incredible. Like every turn of that event was just like pure magic. So I'm so grateful we got to do that. Oh, I, it was such a thrill for me. And and from my perspective, there was, there were two things that were also happening. One was that I was ready or getting ready to ramp up and have my own event. And so my immediate question was, who is going to help me with putting together conversion copy? And it was solved because I'd met you and I thought, well, wait a second, (laughs) you do work on all of this conversion copy and my event is considered a launch. And so it was just this easy transition from, okay, I get to support you with something that I'm brilliant at, which is helping you convert and really look at um, being able to invite and bring the right people into your program from a live launch event like that. But you, on the other hand, spent and do all this other work with words and launch strategy and things that I really wasn't I'd never done very well with email conversion or launches uh, until I met you. So it was great because while I was coming to support you and meeting other incredible like copywriters and people who typically were behind the scenes, I went to that event to support you. But on the other side, I was meeting people who also supported others. And I was, I entered into a whole new world of connections that I'd never been with. (sighs) While at the same time, behind the scenes, I had confidence that you and I were working together to help me have a really rocking event that year, two months later that I was like, I don't even have to worry about this because my event is getting filled while I'm in Niagara Falls and doing all these other amazing things. So yeah, we, so beautiful. I love it. I love that we've been. And it's, yeah. And it's so interesting that part you said about like selling over email or selling over social media versus selling from a stage is completely different. It's like a whole other animal and learning those worlds is really important. And particularly because of what happened with COVID. And I'm so grateful that, you know, I got to support you in that way. And then also, you know, we've now worked with other clients in that regard. And 
I think my favorite clients, I will say since 2020, when all of this began, have been the people who had these big stages already locked in and they suddenly couldn't do that anymore. And they looked to you and I to be able to pivot into the online world and no longer be able to sell from physical stages, but they were now selling from virtual stages. And that has been so beautiful to watch these women that we've supported make that step. But it's a lot like it's like drinking from a fire hose and I call it the launch gauntlet for a reason. (laughs) And so the grace that I have watched these women in action be as we have pivoted them has been incredible. And just your ability to be that bridge for them has made me so happy because I know you tend to attract women who are, you know, as you say, midlife, right? So this is like, they weren't born with the computers and now they're figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And so I totally see all of that happening and I'm in awe of them because although I I had a computer in eighth grade, that was the first time I saw in school a computer and we played games and that was it, you know? So I at least had, you know, a pager in the (laughs) nineties. That's awesome. <laughs> and I knew all the codes. One, four, three means I love you. And <laughs> hashtag is actually a pound. <laughs> exactly. Well, this just shows our difference in age slightly here in that I got a typewriter for my eighth grade graduation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, it's just so, but it but what to your point though is that we've had um, we've had this year, which has changes a lot, changed a lot of businesses. And mm-hmm. was, um, we could, t- we could lean into doing things for a long time. In fact, I had a dream a couple of days ago that I was at a networking event without a mask. And I was like, what would I be doing without a mask at a networking yeah. event? Right? Yeah. And so we've had to think differently and work differently. And then for the midlife population, which kind of ranges, you know, typically bumping up to 40 and then into 60s, you know, we didn't have some of these technical advances too. And most people had a career before you had a career before you had your business, right? Totally. So you brought in your gifts and developed them even further. But a lot of my clients, they're not skilled in marketing and copywriting. They're not skilled in launches. They they, they want to really do what they're passionate about. And so by yep. you bringing be, you and uh, the two of us getting to partner on so many projects and you come in and support my community and guide them and coach them and strategize with them too. It's, it's so empowering to be able to have them step forward with that internal power intact with versus Oh, they can't, they can't move through some of these phases and stages with ease. Yeah. And I've seen your community like change so quickly too. like their learning ability, like the curve is they, you and I have been able to help them shorten that, right? Like, or to flatten it, I guess is a better way to say it. Right. But to watch them in your, your mastermind community, I think you call it a mastermind. Um, 
and your group coaching programs to be, they come in and they're like, what is this online world? And then several months later, they have several offers out there and they're like doing the thing and they're working their customer through the journey. And I'm just like, wow, look at that. Like I almost reflect on the beginning of when I started coaching with your community to now. And I'm just like, whoa. (laughs) I I know. Well, because part of having a client based business for me has been, I get to work with women who are like emerging to scaling to reaching the next level and they come in at different stages. So some people come in more early on, others people come in mid mid part of their growth and others are like, you know, I'm closer to a million dollar business and and it's a little bit different situation how I coach them. But you've gotten to see women because typically they will work with me and be in my community. And I've designed it this way to be with me for multiple years because Mm -hmm. I see the growth happen. So not only do I get to be with them for that period of time, you've seen many of these women and Mm -hmm. worked with them and seen them evolve and support their evolution. And it's really fun to watch it happen uh, and to be part of it. Yeah, that's stepping into power, right? It's like you see them transform. It's almost like a magic wand. And there they there's a new version of them on the other side of it all. And it's really beautiful to see. And also to hear that the conversations are very different within your community of the things that they're working with, right? Like a lot of the women are becoming empty nesters. And so they want to find this new version of their purpose and to see them own that. Because for me, I I have like thought about that, right? Like my kids are still very young. They're four and nine. And so I'm in the early stages of, you know, and so all the women in your community are like, oh, I remember what that was like. And now they're empty nesters. And so I kind of am taking notes, like watching how they are going through that transition because it's a, a major milestone for so many women. And I, I've seen too many women put their full identity into their children. And then when their children leave, they don't know what's next. And I don't know if a lot of your women identify as that, or they've always kind of known they had that soul's calling to something bigger, but that is a major thing to go through as a woman. It is. And there's, there's two, two types of people, I think um, that come to me. And I think some of them are rediscovering a passion that they might've had that they put on hold or, Mm. uh, and others have done something and possibly, and many of them have raised families or been in relationship or their relationship might've been with their past career sometimes versus um, people in their life, you know, like family members, like children and a spouse or partner. But what it is, is there's this awakening of, and this realization that this is this phase of life and this is our time and it's time to blossom, but there's different situations and, and they're not exactly the same that a woman, maybe who's a younger woman who has younger kids are, is going through. Totally. But there's also this, I was noticing like when occasionally when your sons pop on camera on zoom and to us, it's many of us, it's, it's not a bothersome. Like it's never like, mm-hmm. right. It's never like, Oh wow. Here, here they are. It's like, what are they up to? And they're <laughs> giving you love and they're, and you are so graceful and how you're able to still coach and they're right there. And that's part of all of it. It's part of having a business and you do it with ease and grace and 
I love watching oh. that too. So thank you. You know, that was my, one of my prerequisites this last year and why I'm so grateful to be around your community because you all do make me feel special for my children being in the, in the camera. And, um, I, one of my prerequisites was, cause I, I did talk to some clients, right. When COVID happened, we had sales calls and I was talking to potentially working with them and they could not handle the fact that my kids were constantly interrupting me because this was like COVID had just happened. So there was definitely like a, like my kids were going through this needing my attention extreme. And then they kind of mellowed out the more COVID and they got used to me working alongside them and they might be below me like playing with toys or something. Right. But in the beginning, um, that was one of my like prerequisites to work with people. They had to make me feel good if my kids came into the camera shot. And, um, it was, I was so grateful that anytime I was coaching your community, if I had to walk away, cause my kid needed something that I had to walk away for, there was never like, oh my goodness, this is so annoying. Everyone was just incredibly patient with me and then loving to my children. And that to me is so important. And the other thing that's interesting is I feel connected to your community. And I had told you, I wanted to talk about this before we hit record is that although I'm 39 going on 40, I probably met you when I was like 37 or 38. There are some parallels for the things that I'm going through in my life that usually you hear women who are further along in their midlife talking about, for example, like I uh, love when just, I was just on a call with Candace Haza, who's now my intuitive coach that I met through you. And we've done work together as well. And everyone started talking about menopause. And I was like, yes, I can have this conversation. And it's cool because with your group, no one thinks it's taboo. And if I went, when I talk to younger women about it, who are closer to my age or just, you know, whatever, they're a different age. Um, they're like, wait, what? And they, they are shocked by it. And I'm like, well, actually you can have menopause at any age. And I'm one of the lucky people who got it early. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. And it's, and it's interesting though, because it does, it does allow you to think about yourself differently and how you're working and, and, and taking care of yourself. And, and that's important to all of us, which is a big part of midlife, right? We, the women I typically work with are, they are working on their energy. They're working on their themselves. They're, they're very into personal development typically too. And mm. we're not just accepting of our situation. We're wanting to learn more about every aspect of our own personal and business development and you do a beautiful job of sharing a lot of that too with us, which is so wonderful. You share your journey, you share your experiences, you teach what you know, and you have some amazing experiences. So there's this interesting thing that I want you to talk about, because I think this is really empowering. Um, you talk about as the one misunderstanding that resulted in a $1.25 million sale. Yeah. Uh, okay. So for some of us, it's like, okay, wait a minute. Let's, let's unpack that. What exactly are you talking about with that? Because a lot of my clients are working towards their first six figures, multiple six and seven figures. And it feels like seven figures is so far away. So I'm curious to know what you're talking about with that one. (laughs) Yeah. I love telling this story. So, um, the interesting thing is I was teaching at someone's mastermind live pre COVID And when I was in the room, uh, there was maybe like 
I'd say 30 people in the room and I was teaching and a lot of people came up to me. I made lots of beautiful connections there, but there was one person in particular who said nothing to me while I was at the event. And as soon as I got home, he emailed me and he's like, I want to hire you. Let's do a launch together. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do it. And, uh, I got to know their company a little bit more. They had a really big audience built already. And the misunderstanding that they had around marketing themselves is they didn't understand that it could be a personal thing and that the CEO, if he was willing to be the face of our launch, um, the more personalized they could make that launch feel, the more they were going to get sales. And so I walked them through the basics of creating a webinar. We put it out there. We got 133,000 webinar registrants. We broke Zoom. We broke Infusionsoft. Like none of these softwares knew what to do with us. It was a great problem to have. And within that first launch that we did together, we did 1.25 million. And that was selling an $11 per month membership. So you can imagine like the numbers, like it was incredible to see. And it was just so interesting to me that these these large companies with these large audiences who are operating really like corporations and think that the most important thing is to build this brand and this brand identity and put everything into the brand. When we personalized it and made it feel like much more connected to the CEO, having him be the face of the webinar, have him be all of those things, then suddenly sales just, they, they didn't know what to do with all those sales, which is awesome. And so I feel like when you are coming, you know, let's say you're coming from the corporate world for your community genie and you're like, so used to corporate speak and living that, you know, particular culture. And then you come into the online world. I think of someone actually like Candace Haza, who she had worked for a university for 30 years and then she, you know, and had like a title around coordinating programs for them. And then she wanted to, like you said earlier, like find this thing that she had kind of shelved, which was her ability to heal people on the business side spiritually. And so stepping fully into that identity, I remember particularly her, like she didn't know that on her sales page, she could say something like goosebumps up like be funny and be, have fun with the words on your website and like, or your sales page or your emails and show your personality and don't feel like everything has to be super corporate and stiff because that's the world you came from. Now you're recreating your own world legitimately, like with your brand. And I think it was the same with that company where we did 1.25 million in sales. They didn't realize that actually the biggest asset they had was actually connecting with people as human beings rather than like, this is my company. Cause while there is this beauty and like, you know, I think of some of my other clients who do a really good job, you know, staying connected in the corporate world, but they've created their own brand. They still have to bring out their personality because people are immediately attracted to that. And so it's just been fun to help them see that shift into how they can have more fun with their business. And the beautiful bonus of that is make a lot more money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I want to speak to both of these because I, I know that, you know, on a personal level in working with you and you being a coach in my, in my community, also us partnering on many projects and you working with me personally. There are things that I've learned from you that have changed how I approach 
and, and develop my own email marketing style because of our work together. And I used to be very corporate and stuffy and structured in my email mm. approach. And I remember telling you this, that I think, well, and I told you this earlier, you know, I was writing emails and I was, I was doing the things to invite people to my live events in the past, but really what was working for me many years ago before was I would pick up the phone or I would sell from the stage. And that's a lot. And, and people who are already existing clients, they would come to my events. But once you helped me really bridge the gap in, it's no longer this corporate speak or this form formula or template. It was me being me, connecting with them, them seeing me, relating to them in even in a launch that got people to listen, to wake up, to come. And it was the beginning of the process that into 2020, I had no idea my stage would go away. My speaking engagements would go away. And what did I need to lean into? What you had been teaching me and my community and working with me on, which was, I'm going to need to start to start. I need to start getting better at selling from my emails and into these offers that were like no brainers. So I huge thanks to you for this, because You've helped me develop a beautiful relationship with my list. Oh, I love hearing that. And I think I want to give people like little simple shifts that they could make even just from listening to this. So for example, a lo- one of the biggest mistakes I see people do with their email is to put branded graphics. Like they think they have to have these beautifully branded graphics with pictures of them where they look perfect in their photo and they put words on the photo and have it designed by someone and then they're willing to put it into the email and often they'll put it in the header and the footer and all those things and actually what people don't realize is that hurts their deliverability to have branded graphics because immediately gmail for example sees that as promotional and will just push you to the promotion tab. So instead, what you want your emails to feel like is like you're writing to a friend. If you're so right away, start with the copy of it, start in the middle of the story and bring them right into the action and then put a photo that's a selfie, like something that's fun that makes them feel connected to you. I've seen pictures. I read your emails still to this day, Jeannie, and I see pictures of you like at the beach, having a good time. Those are the things that people much more prefer to see. Like they want to feel like their friend is writing them. And the more you can do that, even with your email subject lines, not always making it feel like an offer. My best email subject lines are like one week off with Sage. And I talk about what I did for one week off. <laughs> Those are the things people want to read about. Um, it's funny because I recently did a promotion. And I hadn't done this for a long time where I just in the, the subject line, I put book a call just to see what would happen because I hadn't done it for a while. The most unsubscribes I got, people didn't want that. It was so interesting to me because before, like a couple of years ago, that actually worked really well for my audience. At this point, this stage in the game, that's not what they want from me necessarily. Like they don't, and you know, it has to do with the launches that I did leading up to that, right? Like that audience I attracted. So for some people, book a call might actually work really well to just be very direct. I found for my most recent audience, they didn't want to hear that from me. Recently, the things they like is like, I wrote one that said how I hit my 30K goal this month. They wanted that, like they were hungry for that. So right now what I'm noticing is my audience really wants to talk about 
hitting monetary goals. And that's fascinating to me because a couple of years ago, it wasn't always like that. So always having a pulse on your unsubscribes, don't get too attached to it. Unsubscribes are good. Cause for me, when I saw that many, I was like, well, a lot of these people never want to buy from me. It's clear to me. They never want to buy from me because it's so many unsubscribed to that. Uh, but also like watch your open rates, right. And make sure that you're getting a lot of people opening your emails. And if you're, let's say, uh, you look at your open rates for the last 90 days and you're below 15%, to me, that's super clear. You most likely need to scrub your lists. Like you probably have a lot of people on there who never open your stuff and it's hurting your email deliverability. You have a score with your email company, just like think about it. Like when you're on Facebook and you get comments and you notice that you get kind of bumped up in the newsfeed because you get more comments. So there's an algorithm, right? So they're tracking that on Facebook. The more comments you get, the more people see your content. It's the same with your email. You, you should think about it in the same way. So you want people hitting reply to your emails um, to help your deliverability. You want to take those graphics out of your emails, particularly at the top and the bottom to help with deliverability. And then you also want to get rid of people who are never opening. I don't delete them entirely, but I unsubscribe them. And that does a couple things. One, you can at least keep the data if you ever want to, to know people who, you know, who, who not to attract, right? Because they never open your stuff. Um, but then the other thing that that allows you to do is once you take them off of your list, you'll notice your open rate go way up and your email score will go up as well and you'll get better deliverability in general. So those are just a few things you can do and I could geek out on this all day. <laughs> I know, and I, and I love this. And this, these are the things that you talk about in our community. I know you teach in your programs. I know you're very detailed, especially when you're working on a launch and a strategy um, in the copy side. You know, on, I know one particular client that we've done a lot of work work with, they, you know, they, they have personalized themselves and, and included that in their launches. They are improving their relationship with their list, with how they're writing. But there's two things. One is it's a little bit more of a relaxed approach in the communication. And there's a little, and there's also at the same time strategy that's happening while you're doing that mm -hmm. awareness. And so mm -hmm. what I love about what you talk about is it's not just right to your list, right? Or <laughs> you're going to do a launch. It's no, you're going to be conscious about what you're doing prior to the launch. You're building this relationship. You're being a little bit more relational, I guess. And yet you're also looking and observing your stats at the same time. So you can see where you make need to be making improvements. It's brilliant the way you teach. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's an art and a science. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people realize that. Like there's the art of the language and the way that you write to people that really sticks in their mind. Even doing little things like using music lyrics. You know, I remember you posted something about... Um, you were gonna, you were getting ready to announce the podcast, and you talked about a TV show or a music. What, do you remember this? Oh yeah, um, I've done this a couple of times. Like I've talked about, like The Office. I've talked about um, which one, Pam, and um, oh my gosh, Jim and Pam from The Office. I talked about one time. So fun. Different things like that. Yeah. What What were you specifically remembering around that? 
Well, just that when you make those references that are even specific to maybe midlife women, that people remember you for that, that you stick out for that. Or even the way we were talking earlier about how I used to play games in eighth grade and that's specific to my era. Uh, people just really remember you for those things and connect with you on those things, right? Like whatever you might be reading at the time, whatever TV shows you're watching on Netflix, like they love talking. I get the most replies when I talk about whatever's trending in that moment. Like I did watch Bridgerton. I wasn't in love with how all of it was done. There were some really golden moments in there and I love Shonda Rhimes. Mm So if I talk a little bit about that to my list, they dig it. They write me back. They're like, oh, girl, let's yeah. talk about Daddy Whistledown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And see, these are the things that are so good to know. Okay. But we've got to talk about some important stuff because for everyone who's paying attention here with what we're talking about, there's such intentionality to the process of communicating with your list. And it's not just, we're going to launch right? We're going to write to you and ask you to buy. And a lot of times this is where my clients have struggled with, um, especially when they're trying to like, they're, they're, they have to re-engage their list. They have to figure out how to develop a relationship with their list. And at the same time, it's like the permission to start saying, Hey, you know what? Now, now you might want to buy and it's okay. Right. Versus (laughs) here you go. I haven't talked to you in months or a year and I'd like to sell you something. (laughs) Right. And, and I see these kinds of mistakes happen in other communities with, with a lot of the clients I work with, we're looking for clients. We're not necessarily selling a a course. Um, We're looking to develop relationships with people who will say, let me talk to you about my situation and, and take the next step with you. So can we just talk about some of this, like before they even do an invitation to work with them on a new program that they've created, what are two things that you would suggest they really consider before they throw that out there into launch world (laughs) Um, that would be helpful for them? Um, in preparation for not even the launch itself, but in preparation for the launch. Yeah. So it's interesting. A lot of people, when they work with private clients, they don't think of themselves as needing to launch, right? They just, they have a whole different mindset and I'm actually wanting them to start thinking about it as a different type of launch than a course creator would do. However, I think it's very important that as service providers, we're considering our service to be a launch and honestly every month to have at least one offer that you're putting out there because maybe you have multiple offers right so um when you're getting ready to make that offer for people to hire you privately definitely think about your what we call your launch runway meaning like before you start making the offer to your email list you want to prep them to start thinking about the things that um, they might need or the problems that they're trying to solve and start talking about ways that you've solved them for other clients. So 
for example, I think actually I want to mention the gift now, if that's okay, Please, that I want go to right message. Yes. Awesome. So I have this triple email open rates, which is a gift I give everywhere I go because I know it's so important, which is to essentially, if you've ghosted your list, it's three emails that will, you'll be able to write to your list. It's a script. So you just go through and personalize it to your brand. And when you do that, it, you, it has you ask them, what are the problems you're trying to solve right now? And the words, they hit reply to that email. And those words that they give you are the things that go on your sales page. So you're basically getting customer voice data and then turning around and putting it into the offer because you know exactly what your list said they wanted. And then you're prepping them because now they know that you're trying to solve the things that they actually want to solve. And then after those three emails, you can start to make an offer. And I always call it the magic three. So you're going to have three emails that prep them before you say anything about your service. And then you're going to have three emails that talk about the offer, at least three, because I see way too many people will be like, buy my stuff and then duck under the desk and hide. <laughs> exactly. This is, this is so magical. I don't think you've mentioned it already, but we're going to put it in the show notes, but it's sagepolaris.com forward slash CEO, correct? Yes, that's it. So good and so necessary. And the way you do it, first of all, everyone needs it. So please download it and download it and tell your friends to download this because <laughs> it, it changed my whole approach the first time that I used it. And and it was because it was because I was really starting to get those that language, right? It yeah. was like, oh, I'm waking them up, I'm getting the language, I'm confirming what I thought. But yeah. I'm, I had it wrong in a lot of cases. Like I wasn't saying it the right way and they brought back what I needed to say, which then further supported what we needed to do to make the launch better. So Beautiful. yeah, it's so good. So absolutely. I love that you do talk about that. Is there anything else that's important prior to launching? And like we said, you know, some people are launching all the time and actually there's phases to a client-based business owner and how I want them to be launching as a client-based business owner. But the first phase is really they're, they're working towards getting clients. And so launching is a little bit different because in a sense, you're always launching until you scale how you're going to launch when you mm -hmm. don't need as many one-on-one -on -one clients. And that's a whole story for another day. But with them, the most important thing is this process first is to scrub and then connect and make sure that they're getting it right before they go into launch mode, right? Yeah, I think the other thing to prepare yourself for when you're getting ready to call in private clients is to also consider what is your strongest channel, right? Like, are you really strong with your email list or does it just need a scrub and you'll see if there's you know, a viability in there in terms of getting clients? Maybe you're strong on Instagram, maybe you're strong... Uh, in your personal network. And maybe what you need to do is go out and ask for referrals first, right? And I do have um, templates for doing that as well that are inside my membership. But I think like acknowledging where your strongest channels are as you get ready to launch and not comparing yourself to other people who are having, you know, immediate success in Facebook groups or immediate success somewhere, you know, whatever it is. If you're in Jeannie's group, for example, 
they are amazing at hiring each other. So just letting that community know what you're getting ready to offer before you put it out into the public space. And then maybe asking them, do you guys want to swap Facebook lives with me? I've been doing that a lot with your community as they were like pulling me into their network and wanting to know me more. I was like, well, let's get on a Facebook live together and get to know each other. Um, and while we're getting to know each other, we're connecting to the community. My son's making a cameo, giving me a kiss. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> and then he just takes off. <laughs> I know. Well, it's good to get a kiss midday, right? I mean, for me, it's midday. Um, no one's delivering one to me right now. So I'll just take it virtually. Um, um, okay. I want to pivot for a second because I talk to service providers all the time, client-based business owners and, and your business model. So I want to talk about this because this is important in that um, a lot of people jump immediately to, I need to have this full suite of products and services in order to scale my revenue to the next phase and stage. Mm-hmm. And I don't agree with that. I, I think that there's a process in how, how to do it. But talk about the ways that you are now serving as a service provider that A, make you happy. You also take off a lot of time throughout the year, which is magical in and of itself. Thank you. You're great money. You're serving people. Talk about your business model as a service provider and how you're supporting people and how it makes you happy now. Oh, thank you for saying this. So it's interesting because I mentioned earlier, I'm nine years into my business and I remember there was this point in my business where I think we all have to go through this evolution where I was watching all my peers launch a course. And so I was like, well, of course I'm going to try this right before I really had the brand recognition. I wanted to put a copy course out there and it flopped, right? Like that, that, and At that moment, though, that was so critical for me to go through that and have it not work out because at that moment, I did something that I didn't see my peers doing, which was I started investing in a project manager early on in my business. And so that has, and I remember uh, asking her, I was like, hey, I think I want to take like every other Friday off in the month. And she was like, that's a horrible idea. being the project manager that she is. And she's like, why don't you just take the last week off every month and be done with it? And I have been doing that for six years in a row. But what's beautiful about it is that one week off every month accumulates to three months a year. Plus I take one month off a year. So it's four months that I'm able to take off every year, which is, I'm so grateful to, to be able to say that. And I've done it. This is the sixth year in a row. So for my fellow service providers, I know we feel like we have to be at our desk or we're not making money. And I will tell you, what's the thing that makes you like so attractive to a client is to walk away from your desk and suddenly your inbox will be full of leads. (laughs) So having my team members in place to be able to talk to those people while I'm gone and, you know, my existing clients, I never tell them I take this amount of time off. Uh, They might find out through one way or another, mostly though, like they never really feel that I'm gone because I have these systems in place to support them. Um, Whenever I I do decide, I just got back from Temecula. Uh, I saw my mom for the first time in a year, which was huge. That's huge. Yeah. And so as a service provider, I used to work a lot more with like full service copywriting and I have more and more pivoted that to doing VIP days. And uh, it's been incredible to be able to do what I would typically do over like four to six weeks on a launch. We now get done in a day. 
And I so prefer it. And, you know, there might be some clients who still need my full service copywriting. That's great, but that's a lot more expensive now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very rare that I take those clients anymore. And so instead I've kind of pivoted everyone to like, let's just get this done in a day. And they're like, yes, let's just get this done in a day. Um, And so I really love doing that. And I'm so grateful that recently I was able to double my price on it again as of the time of this recording, I'm now charging 10K for a VIP day. And that just feels magical. I just did one this week and the woman was like, I've been teaching strategy for 30 years and I haven't met someone who can keep up with me like you. (laughs) And so that was like the ultimate compliment and also confirmation that I am headed in the right, you know, that this is the the right next step for my business and I'm going to continue to do it. So that's been really beautiful. And then uh, I also have my mastermind, the biz womb, which we mentioned at the beginning. And that's for, you know, businesses who want to come home to their themselves by working less and making more. And really like the things I've invested in the last nine years in my business, I've put into there so that service providers and course creators can totally take my systems and kind of plug them into their business and watch how they're able to walk away from their desk and still continue to increase their revenue. And that's been like such a blessing. Uh, And then just this year, I launched a membership, which was wild. I didn't think I would ever do it, but for the first time, I'm so grateful. I have something that is what I consider low cost where people can get access to my coffee templates only. And, and then they get some, some hot seat coaching with me. And it's this beautiful community of women who support each other when I'm, you know, like I'm there once a month, but the rest of the time they are just so beautifully supporting each other through this journey. And I just got off a call with them and that was yesterday. And someone announced they made like quietly she was like oh yeah by the way I made 44,000 from using your templates in my last launch and I was like yeah just that and she was like so chill about it I was like are you freaking out like are you what's happening there she's like yeah you know I just did what you said (laughs) (laughs) oh so nonchalant (laughs) I love it I love it but so empowering okay so there's two pieces to this I want to bring up um you graduated to this model over time it's not that you did one you, you worked your way into it, which is really mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. And you recognize, recognize when you needed to make these moves um, with, with your pricing, with your schedule and your time and with your business model. And it happened, there was an evolution to it, which mm-hmm. I love because you stay so present with what's important to you in your life. And I know that that's a top priority for you, um, your family, yourself, your well-being, your personal care, your spiritual development, your business development, all of these things are important, but you've designed your business in a way that allows you to have all these other riches. And mm. I love that because that's really what midlife CEOs want. You know, we don't want to work mm-hmm. insanely hard. Many of us have done that, you know, totally before. So thank you for explaining that because I think this is an important question for people to understand. But the part I do want everyone to know is that, that this there's an evolution and that's what I teach clients in what to be doing in the first phase, you know, when you're emerging and scaling to your first six figures, then when you're multiplying it and then when you're moving to seven and there's strategies and systems and techniques and approaches. Um, but I, you just model it so well and 
live so nicely this way. I just love it. So come over anytime, Jeannie. Yeah, just like, you know give me it. all the love. Of course. <laughs> you, all, you know, I always will. <laughs> okay. We're, we, I told you we could go forever and everyone, you know, like I could do this forever with Sage, but I need to let her get more love from her sons on the <laughs> other side too. So um, I do want to ask you a couple of quick questions though. So, um, what are you doing for movement for yourself? How are you taking care of your body at this time? You know, it ranges. I want to say that I'm regularly doing yoga, uh, but that hasn't been happening. The one thing I've been consistent with lately is someone else moving my body. I've been getting massage every two weeks and that's been beautiful. Great. <laughs> um, but I have committed to like taking three breaths if I can't go do yoga. So I'll literally just like do a little cat cow in my chair and take three breaths to be like, I will get back to this. Like, let me remember it in my muscle. So that's Good. where I'm at with movement. There's a tendency to not move a lot, especially when you're probably working and like busy. And so that's great yeah. that you are. Okay. Now what about reading? What Inquiry minds want to know, what are you reading? It can be personal or business. Oh my gosh. I'm constantly reading. And I, since the pandemic, like it's several books at a time. So I just finished Sarah Walker Boder's Technically Wrong, which is about sexist apps and bias in the algorithm. Uh, I'm also in the middle of Professional Troublemaker by Lovia Jolly Jones, who I was so blessed to meet uh, here in LA a while back. And she's just doing incredible things. She's like uh, Super Soul 100. If you look her up, she's one of them. And that's actually when I met her when she was being honored for that. Uh, I, you know, it's interesting, like alongside the reading, um, I am also, last night, I listened to Elizabeth Gilbert and Lovia Jolly Jones talk about the book. And it was just so cool to have the book in my hand and Lovia and Elizabeth were reading from pages of it on Instagram. They did a live and I just loved it to pieces. So that's where I'm at. Awesome. I love it. I love it. It, it, it provides even more riches. Um, is there like a powerhouse and an individual that you say, you know, they're midlife plus <laughs> that you look up to or that you think, you know, wow, they're really rocking it. Um, like maybe like a superhero type of person in, in your mind that you say, I really resonate with this person, how they're living their life or running their business and they're a little advanced in life. Is there someone that comes to mind? Oh my gosh, so many. And I like to follow the writers a lot. So I really like Shonda Rhimes, who I mentioned earlier. I like Fran Lebowitz. I don't agree with everything she says, but I think she's such a powerhouse. She has written so many things, but she also just did a Netflix special called Pretend It's a City, and it's all about New York, which my family, half of my family is from there. So I just soaked it up like a tall glass of water. Um, and then I want to shout out, I have this thing that I started with my family and we call it like the matriarchy call. And every two weeks I get together with my mom, who's been an entrepreneur since the seventies. And I just love her to pieces. My aunt, two of my aunts are there. My sister sometimes shows up who's a little bit older than me. And it's just gathering with these, these women who know things, who have been through things. And I just really, really love having that 
community gathering with them and laughing and talking about the most random things and (laughs) getting to know them on a whole new level. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. Okay. Before we wrap up, what's on the horizon for you? Oh my gosh. This year I am looking to continue to work with women who have pivoted from stages that's been incredible and I still want to continue doing that. Uh, I also am just kind of looking forward to taking a month off and chilling. I want to go, um, particularly I want to go back to Hawaii. Like I really, I'm looking at a picture of me there and I just miss it so, so much. And so I'm not doing anything like I'm not trying to get on a TED stage. I'm not trying to write a book. I'm not I'm just not in that phase in my life right now. I'm just cruising with what I love already. (laughs) That's beautiful. And, and really there's power in saying that too. There's strength in saying that, you know, and it's good because there's not, I have to compare myself and catch up or do other, right. Like there's no internal pressure around it. There's, there's this internal connection to what feels right to you and what, what's going to bring you joy. And that's what this comes down to. Yeah. I mean, I will say like, I do have this goal of like, if I make a million dollars, I put a, like a term on it. I was like, well, if it comes with the ease, comfort and joy that I already have, yeah, because I'm making multiple six and I'm really happy. So I just, I love women who have ambition and have to get to that number. And I'm like, yo, I feel really good right now. Let's (laughs) just see what the rest brings. (laughs) Because you've already made it past five years in business and you're going strong and I see you continuing and doing just magical work in the world. So, um, Sage, I just want to thank you for taking time to be with us. You've left so many nuggets of gold in this, uh, in this interview today. And I just cherish our friendship, our connections, our ability to support one, one another and cross refer and all the ways that we get to play in the playgrounds together. So thank you for doing it once again today. That's my absolute pleasure, Jeannie. I can only imagine all the magic we get to do for the rest of this year together. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, me too. So make sure everyone uh, go ahead, please download the uh, special gift that Sage provided. So she is at sagepolaris.com. You'll see the um, notes below um, and get her special gift, sagepolaris.com forward slash CEO. And where do you want people to start finding you more on social media? Is there a particular? Oh, yeah. You know, I love Instagram and Facebook both. Like if you write me there, I will totally write you back. It's me most of the time, not my team, unless I'm in the middle of a launch, they might respond at that time. But that is my two place, my two favorite places to hang out and listen to all the other podcasts with Jeannie. I've immensely enjoyed listening to the women that you've had. I, the next one I want to listen to is Angela Todd's because I heard her on some other podcasts and now I saw that she, she was on yours, right? She was on Candy's recently, but oh, maybe that's the one I listened to. Yeah, she will be Monica's. She's been on Monica's as well. So, oh yeah. So many good podcasts. Um, and I really enjoyed when you talked about your own fitness journey and was that with Krista? Mm -hmm, It was. Yeah. Anyways, I wanted to just mention how much I love your podcast. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Sage. Awesome. Awesome to be with you. So 
Thanks everyone so much for listening today. I so appreciate you being here and listening. And I just want to empower you to have a really rich and beautiful business um, that brings you great joy and at this phase and stage of your life. If you're not currently over in the Midlife CEO Facebook community that I have, we just talk a little bit more. We take the conversation further and it's over at geniespiro.com forward slash CEO. That is it for this episode. I will so look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks for being here, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.